Let us just bow our head. Yes, Lord. That's all you need is a vessel that can give themselves to you. Lord, you don't look at uh, how ability, uh, how much ability that we have. You don't look at how intelligence that we have. You're only looking for a vessel. So, Lord, uh, that's what we do this morning. We yield ourselves and surrender ourselves to you as a vessel so that, Lord, you can use us. Use us for your glory and for your manifestation through this vessel, Lord. How you are longing to have a vessel that can totally yield to you. Yield to the Lord's dealing. And then the Lord can speak it through. Then the Lord can live it through. Father, we do that this morning. We have been always doing that. But Lord, we feel just a strange feeling we need to dedicate ourselves more to you. Lord, there's a, it totally depends on how we can yield our, this vessel to you. That's how much you can feel. And that's how much you can overflow. Can use us through this vessel. Can manifest the name of the Lord in this dark age. We give you all the way, all the thanks, Lord. I ask you to speak to us. Lord, use your humble servant here. I don't have nothing to bring. But Lord, all I can do is yield myself to you. But you know the need of the people. You know the physical need. You know the needs that are in their spirit. You know the need that are in their soul. Lord, you can discern every situation. Lord, you can meet every situation, every need. Father, we thank you, Lord. We remember all these uh, brothers in the physical need. Lord, if we're better wrong, Lord, my heart is to go for my dear brother. Lord, we've been upholding him. We've been praying for him. Lord, just take one word from you. You can totally turn the tide. can totally reverse the situation. Lord, the doctor can do what he can do. Lord, then a man can use the technology and the medication. But Lord, just take your presence, just join nigh. Lord, can melt it away, all the virus, all the disease, all the germs, whatever that had affected our brother. Lord, we give you all the thanks that we know you're a great physician and can be touched. Lord, we know you're a great high priest that can be touched. We just pray that the healer come, Lord, to the heal of the body. Lord, we thank you, Lord. I ask you to be with us for the service. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's um, turn to the scripture. Book of uh, Matthew. Chapter 2. Thank you for the musician. And all the brothers uh, doing uh, the technical. Really, really appreciate that. You know, in a time like this, we really appreciate it. Everyone that's the Lord that put a gift uh, and the talents in them. That it can be used uh, by God at, uh, in time like this. And so we uh, just want to say thank you so much for each one of those brothers. And we just want to greeting everyone that's uh, on the Internet. Uh, most of the people are on the Internet now. Uh, but we want to say we miss you. Uh, this Internet can never substitute uh, that you're sitting over here. But um, by God's grace, we believe uh, one day, I don't know how long that will be, but one day we're going to see your face again. But when I see your face the next time, I don't want to see you have a sad face, a long face. I want to see you have a smiling face. I want to see you to have a really excited to hear the word of God and coming to the sanctuary and worship the Lord. And uh, but uh, before that time come, we prepared ourselves for that. And let's turn to our book of Matthew chapter uh, 6. Let's read from uh, verse 22. 
Matthew 6, verse 22. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thy eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. But if thy eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be dark, be darkness, how great is that darkness. Let's turn to a book of Revelation, chapter 3. Verse 21, book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 21. To him that overcometh what I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. Uh, I just want to give it a little background to the how this is, um, how this service has come. Uh, not some, just a few days ago, I was listening to, um, um, uh, Brother Caleb says one of, uh, his uh, last sermon that before, uh, he was, uh, uh taken away by the police. And, uh, the sermon was a greatly moved me. And he was, uh, used, uh, uh part of the, his sermon, he uses the scripture, uh, that if, uh, uh, your eye be single, and I was uh, thinking, you know, that's how true that is. This is the time that we need to let our eye be singled. Because if the eye not be singled, and, um, you know, the darkness going to fall upon us. But if we our eye be singled, the whole body shall be uh, full of light. So if the Lord willing, I would like to uh, just go into uh, this uh, uh, subject uh, you know, we live in that age, uh, there is, you, you just cannot even, uh, in the common sense, to really think about what is this going uh, on that are in this world. And so there's so many things that happened just so far beyond our imagination. If just by the reasoning power, it seems like the reasoning power just cannot even reason together. No matter how uh, the person being educated, uh, how this person that know uh, different things, uh, you know, uh, maybe their college degree or university degree or master or doctor. But it seems like that the people lost their mind, the faculty. They cannot even use this, uh, the common sense to uh, think uh, of the things that that's, uh, happens around it. But you see, as a believer, we never use our common sense to try to figure out things. God always asks us uh, to believe His Word by faith. And that's what we're living for. Uh, that's what we're living uh, with, is by the faith to God's Word. And so the last uh, service, I was uh, speaking about the book, uh, book of Daniel. I would just like to uh, go a little bit deeper in this. And in the book of Daniel, in chapter 6, uh, verse 10, uh, you know, when those things happen around Daniel, and the law has a change, the rule has a change, and the people, they try to find fault in Daniel because they find that there's a, nowhere else can find fault in him. But only that in the law that Daniel has believed. That in God's law that Daniel has believed. But the Bible said that now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house. And his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his, kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did at a four time. Daniel always do what he uh, do before. 
Uh, if he prayed, he always prayed. If he, uh, well, uh, we would put in today's version, he listened to the message, he always listened to the message. It's not because an environment changed and then the Daniel has to change, uh, has to uh, compromise anything on that. Uh, we as a believer, we always do what we always do. If we pray, and we always pray. It's not sometimes that the people, when they're thinking, you know, uh, when the time of trouble come or or emergency come, uh, I need to read more. I need to, uh, you know, get myself together. Just uh, uh, no, you do. You always do. It's not just when the crisis rise up, you said, well, I better smart up. You know, I better do something. No, if you always do what you always do, when crisis come, you just yield yourself to what the Lord's dealership is. You just yield yourself and by faith to believe the word of God and God will always come on time. You know, in the age that we're living in, the persecution can come in a, a various way. And in the old time, the persecution come, it just, uh, uh, they're just throwing them into jail. They can, uh, cut their head off and, uh, just, um, uh, you know, do all kinds of things. All this, uh, martyrs, that's, uh, thousands, uh, uh, hundreds of years ago, what are going through? But you know, in this last age, it's not just, uh, put you to, uh, go to jail. It's not just, uh, cut your head off. But devil has become a way smarter than that. And he become a more subtle and more uh, hided himself, uh, disguised himself in a different way and to the approach to the believers. And so if we just uh, uh, bluntly go into the trial without knowing what is the Lord to try to do, and we find out we're fighting with the air. But if the person really do you always do, the Lord, the Word will give you the wisdom. The Word will give you the strength. The Word will let you know what to do and how to do. Because it's in the trial like that, it's the God is to anoint the person. When anointing come, the anointing is not only just you can preach or you can uh, do certain things, but anointing that the prophet has told us is not exactly what and how. It's something that the Lord has put it in you. It's not your mental power that you try to understand things. But by faith, you know exactly what is going to happen. So we know when the, uh, in this age, when a persecution comes, you know, sometimes the persecution can come uh, as the law. Sometimes the persecution can come to the authority and then the, bust into your house and take you out of the way and uh, go into the family or, or, you know, shut down the church and do this and that. That's what we call the persecution. But also the persecution can come in a more subtle way. Then the, they were tightened up the, the roofs and then they were uh, people's uh, value about the things and start to change. The used to, used to be what they consider as a virtue. All of a sudden, by the pressure of this age, the virtue become an unvirtue. The things that you do used to be people admired you to doing that. But now, when the pressures start to come, your community starts to changing, your neighborhood starts to changing, people get brainwashed, all the news that they heard, all the media has uh, put it forth before, before the people, gradually and rapidly changing the people's mind. All of a sudden, you become oddball. All of a sudden, the words that you're saying become a hatred speech. All of, the, all of a sudden, the things that you hold true and are considered as virtue years ago now become a totally against the common value of the people. 
And that is the way that a persecution many times is coming in this age is coming that way. That a persecution can also come that an economy change. Then, uh, uh, you know, you have to do the uh, job and you have to compromise uh, on your job. And then sometimes if you're not uh, uh, fit in with the group of the people that you're in, you're going through the trouble time. You're going through a uh, lot of pressure and the verbally persecution that from your boss or from your co-workers. Because all, all they want to do, they want to let you break. They want to let you bend so that you can, uh, you will be a subject to what is the world's value is. And the persecution can come in many, many ways. But you see, when Daniel facing all of that, Daniel is not, uh, he doesn't have to be try to be a hero. Daniel doesn't try to be, you know, I, I, I'll do something totally against. No, Daniel just keep all the time that whatever it does before. Nothing going to change him. You know, for the believer, that's the same thing. Nothing going to change us. If we pray, we always pray. It's not just in the time that's in the trouble that we all, we haven't been praying before. All of a sudden we try to pray. No, we always pray before God. But if you haven't been praying, yes, this is the time for you to get yourself together and pray before the Lord. If you haven't given your heart to the Lord, this is the time for you to give your heart to the Lord. But as a believer, we always do what we always do. And so when Daniel, when he was facing those troubles of uh, some time, it seems like that what he did is that against the law totally, but it's not against the law. Because that's what is a Daniel. He never compromised. He always do what God had told him to do. And if we always do God told us to do, God will always come on time. God will always supernaturally to uh, come on the scene to solve the problem or to dealing with the situation. But it has to depend on how often you do what you always do. If you only just once a while are reading the Bible or read the message, you find that a crisis come, you're having to be on a speaking term with God. And when a crisis is to come, when the, uh, you know, dangers come or trouble or trials or different things is to come out upon us, you find out the believers start to falling through the cracks. Why? They never do what they always do. And it's a time like that exposed or to show what have you always been doing. And then we saw when Daniel was going through this uh, time uh, of trouble. And in time like that, it's God proved to Daniel that he is a supernatural God. And during that time, even the king cannot uh, help him. Even uh, if we can put in the today's version. And in time of a trouble, the doctor cannot help you. In time of a trouble, the scientist cannot help you. In time of a trouble, the authority, the government cannot help you. In time of a trouble, the only thing can help you is the king of kings. If you feel, you know, sometimes we feel uh, we're reading our Bible, we're reading our message, we're listening to the message. We're thinking, you know, we, we don't feel anything. We are just reading a book and reading a message. It's not a something just um, uh, like... um. Uh, all, uh, the, the thunders are roaring, the lightnings are flashing. We just go through uh, the message book. And sometimes I think after we drop off the message book that we read, we totally forgot what we, what we, what we have just read, reading. 
And we come into the church. We're listening to the, the preaching. And within about 10 minutes, you go out of his door and uh, drink a coffee and talk to a few people. What does Brother Tom preached? What does Brother, uh, Brother Ed has uh, preached it about? Probably the only thing you remember is the last song that the song leader had lead. Uh, you go, I'm just, I'm just, uh, uh, honest to you. <laughs> Sometimes I do the same thing. But you see, you do what you always do. Because of what you always do is not just for time, every time. It's for a time of a trouble. You will find out He is the present help in your time of trouble. It's when the crisis arises, it's a, when the, when the difficulties arise, when the trials are coming up, it's what you always do that it will show up or manifest in time of a trouble. And sometimes we're thinking, maybe, maybe we're reading the Bible. Is that sort of just a wasting of a time? You know, even if you don't have, you don't feel anything, but you're still reading it. You be faithful. You love the Lord. You desire for Him and pray for to Him. Not just uh, not just as a religion, a ritual that you're going through. Not just as uh, you're coming to the church, uh, just as a tradition. Or now we say you don't come to the church. And then you you find out the people become a lack, um, laxing and a laxing and a laxing. And they're out of the home, and maybe the first day they were, they were, uh, they dress up and uh, get a tie on and a suit on and listen to the service. Give me a few weeks and you get a pajama. So I give you another few weeks and you probably lay on the bed and halfway sleep and halfway uh, listening to the service. Can the people on the internet say amen? Our body is weak. You live in this world. You're living in this time. As I said, you do what you always do. When you do what you always do, it's not for every day, every time you feel the Lord. It's when time of trouble come, you will find out God will come on the sin. He will come for your rescue. When Daniel was doing what he always do, and then when the trial come, when he was to throw into the lion's den, and the lion cannot even kill him. God shot off the mouth of the lion. The lion can kill the other people, but the lion cannot even touch Daniel because there is a pillar of a fire that is with him. Because of Daniel, when he's standing for God, you don't expect you standing for God when the trouble comes. And then, but you never do what you always do. You said, I'm standing for God when the time comes. No, you do what you always do when time of trouble comes. Then you will standing for God. And then uh, on another aspect, but then uh, let me bring this up. If we always do what we always do, you you can always expect the one that you served will come on the sin for you. But if you always love the world, if you always feed on the wrong thing, if you always do the things it's not according to the word of God. If you always feed your bitterness, if you're always not forgiven, if you always hold grudges, if you always feel that I'm invincible, I'm still young, you know, I got the power, I can do this, I can do that. If you feel it's always okay, when you were thrown into your situation, you can only expect the one that you're always feeding 
And you're always worshiping to come for your rescue. If you always are relying on your education, if you always are relying on the things uh, that you maybe have a smart intelligence, you have a mind to uh, figure out things, uh, you have an ability to do things. If you're always depending on that, if you're always feeding that instead of feeding the Word of God, you can only expecting that what you're always feeding on come on a rescue when time of a trouble. That's why you saw people start to falling away. That's why you saw people, they start, they start to, uh, same side, they cannot catch up, uh, anymore. Uh, the things that start to happening, the trials start to coming, the situations start to rise up. That will show what have you always been doing. If you always keep yourself to, uh, in the atmosphere, the right atmosphere, reading the word, believing the word, you can expect the one that you're feeding on, you can expect that the one that you're worshiping at, that one will come on a rescue for you. But if you always do thing opposite, and what you always do, always do, that's why in this world, all of a sudden when COVID-19 started to happen, all the movie stars start to uh, worshiping the Lord. And all the movie stars, all the TV, television stars, they start to go, they start to do it online. You know, we, we gotta do, uh, worship the Lord and we gotta uh, help in this and do it that. But they're always feeding on the wrong thing. When you're always feeding on the wrong thing, you cannot expect that God come on your rescue. But if you give yourself to the Lord, you always lay down your life before the Word. You always believe the Word. Even when you stumble, you still believe in the Word. Even when you are weak, you still get up and rise up to believe in what is the Word of God has said. You always do what you always do when crisis come, when troubles rise up, when enemies start to show up their teeth. You can always expect that God will come on the rescue for you. But you always have to do the right thing. Persecution only bring, uh, only bring forth what you have always been doing. Trials has always do, always bring forth what have you been doing in the last little while. Difficulty, different things has come up, have always bring forth what have you done that when you are alone. All those is the factor that it can expose what have you been feeding on. What have you been doing? What is it really cause you to love? What is your desire really is? All those things are one of the things that's happening around you. It shows up who you really are. Brother Branham said in I will restore. He said this group of Jesus had God with them. They had a healing. They had a miracle. He's talking about uh, the God that is uh, in the in the camp. They had a miracle. They had a visions. They had a joy. He said when he come into the temple, they screamed so loud. The Pharisees said, "Make them hold their peace." Jesus said, "If they hold their peace, the rocks will immediately cry it out." He said, "Something has to happen when the Lord God comes into His camp." He said, "Hallelujah! God is here." Watch where the spirit moves. That's why we got a persecution. It's because God is vindicating that he is here. The persecution 
is to show that God is here. When you are thinking about Him, where, where, uh, you know, as I said, that the persecution can come in many ways. It's not just that the brothers in China was taken to jail or that they arrest them or do this and that. But it's the persecution can come sometime in a very subtle way. And the, you as a believer, don't you ever think the devil won't persecute you? He persecutes you, you know, every way that he can do. And he will do everything that he can. The way it is to, to let you compromise, to let you denounce Jesus Christ. But you see, whenever the persecution comes, Brother Bramah said it because the God is vindicating that he is here. That's why the persecution has come. So when we going through the certain things, let us be cheerful. That shows that God is with us. He's vindicating that he is here. How to prove that God is here? I think the prophet has uh, said it to us. He said, uh, my ministry is not like a pastor, not like a, a teacher. He said, my ministry is to, to prove that uh, God is here, that is with us. And his ministry has approved his signs, the wonders, the discernment, that all the things, that the words that he was preaching, the seals have been opened, all the phenomenal things that's happened, that shows that God is with us. That is vindicating his word. But how to show that God is with us? Brother Bramah said that when the, when the persecution come, it's because God is vindicating that he is here. If you don't have a persecution, you gotta be very careful. You might be not doing the, the right thing. But if the persecution come, when the devil seems like always on your case, if you always be in the word of a God, when a persecution come, that's a good sign to show that you are walking on the right path. That's a good sign to show that God is vindicating to you that he's here with you. If a person can live a life of a Christ, if a Christ is living in the, in the believer, and a person can live so much like Jesus Christ, then a person will be so reflected Jesus Christ. And sometimes that person himself might not even realize that he possessed. That person probably thinking, you know, I'm just a list of one that amongst the congregation. It seems that I don't have nothing to offer. I'm just quiet sitting in a congregation. I'm just quiet to do my job and to do my work. But you see, God look at you different. When the trials come on you, when it seems like Satan is on your case, that shows that there's something that in you, maybe you yourself didn't recognize, but God recognized that. And not only God recognized, Satan recognized too. When he recognized there is a certain person that can live a life that the soul reflected to Jesus. To ourselves, we said, we're just humble vessel. We have nothing to offer. But when this persecution comes, devil will say to you, say, uh, will say to, uh, to himself, this person is doing damage to my kingdom. A person can live a life of Jesus Christ so much, so close to God, that a devil has to persecute him. It's not that a miracle, it's not that a science, it's not that how loud you can shout, though everyone here is pretty much very quiet. 
Is that not how much of those things? Is that how much um, that you can work for God and do for this and that? It's not all of that. But it's a life can really lay down for God. They can touch the God's heart that so much that God has to come on the scene. A person can standing for God can do that he always do to believe the word, to lay his life, to dedicate his life and to a such a level that a Satan said, I must persecute him. If I don't persecute him, if I don't persecute him, if I don't stop him, this person going to cause a great damage to my kingdom. A person can live a life so much. Like Stephen. Brother Pamela said to Stephen, he might not never done a miracle. He might not never do a sign. But he'll live a life that is so much as a witness. Like as a billboard. That he literally lay down his life for the gospel. And then when the stone started throwing it on him, they persecute him and they put him to death. But that even calls the Jesus Christ stand up. A person can live a life so much that the devil has to persecute that person. You know, I was listening to um, Brother Caleb, what he was, was preaching. Uh, that's a, uh, I think that's his last uh, a Sunday service that he was a preach. I wish everybody can hear that, but it's preaching in Chinese. I couldn't couldn't help you afford uh, that. So while I was listening to that, you know, whenever there's a certain things that happen, uh, it, it make me start to thinking a lot of things. It's something sometimes like a greater event that was to happen, like that. Uh, the, the brother was taken it away. If it just uh, I'll tell you, there's many people going to the prison. But for the believers to go into the prison who love the Lord and give it as a life before the gospel, and that, that is a great sign for me. I started listening to it as a service. I started listening to it as a preaching. I'm thinking about how God will please to a life like that. They can give him himself, lay down his life, and said, now I'm ready to be offered. And maybe to many people, they don't even give a thought of that. They're just saying, oh, they're just to do a, a illegal things and this and that. They, they probably don't even give, a, give any attention to it. But I'm thinking, what God has to do to this young man? Only about 30-some years old. And there was another brother that entered the church, only 22 years old. And going through all of that, and coming out, and having no complaint, and want to do things before the Lord, and just become a more fervent than ever. Something that was really touched me. And this is a young man who was a, uh, who just, uh, who was a bailed out a few weeks ago. And he wrote me a, a little letter and uh, we we're just communicating. He told, he told me about what happened when they were in jail. And it just really touches my heart when I, uh, hear that. And he said, when we were in there, and he said, uh, they've been there for several weeks already. And they need to send him to another uh, detention center, jail. And so he, they uh, handcuffed them back uh, behind their back and throw them uh, into the trunk of the car. And two of them uh, with their handcuff, uh, with their hands handcuffed on the back. But he said, there's no fear. He said, we're just there. We just talk to each other. And then he said, uh, Brother Caleb, uh, encourage me with the scripture. He said, uh, 
He used the scripture, 2 Corinthians 4, 16. He said, for which cause we fit not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. It's in time like that. God doesn't have to fortify His Word. But He made His Word become more real. And then they quote is for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Work is for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And he called this a scripture to that young brother. And while they are, while they are in the, in the trunk, and then brother Caleb slid off his wedding band. And it stuck it into this young brother's hand. He said, you will go out. I said, how he know he will go out? It must be the Spirit of a God that has said something to him. I don't know. Sometimes when the Spirit of a God comes, it's not like a lightning and thunder and things. But just something, something so still, small voice. Something just so normally that we were thinking. Just some, something just small, something just normal. Then he slided off his wedding band and it stuck the, into the young brother's hand. He said, you will go out. He said, go out. He said, when you go out, he said, I help take care of my family. And he said, go to, make sure you go to visit those old sisters in our church. He said, say, I love them. I couldn't do very much for them, but I love them. That is the pastor's heart. That is the person who do, always do. And in time like that, you don't have to just you know, I better fast and pray. I better do this and that. You do what you always do. And you can live a life that is so close to Jesus Christ. Seems like it's just a normal everyday life. But you can live a life reading our Bible. Have a burden for the word of God. Have a desire for the word of God. I'm thinking, what is the young man? During his preaching, he said, all my desire is just for this book. All my desire, I want this message to be put it out. I want the Bible to be handed in the people's hand. I want the people to hear this word. Somebody has to do this. Somebody has to fulfill the prophecy. Somebody has to get the word of God to those people. He said, I just cannot just wait here. Just wait here. Just wait here. Wait people to come. He said, God give us the best word that we can ever have. And after sliding his wedding band in the hands of the, the little brother, then he started singing. Then is it a, is it a one song after another? He started singing, the battle is the Lord. Then he started singing, he said, my hope is in the Lord. And while they were singing, he said a tear. The brother, the young brother told me, he said a tear is just running down their cheek. But they cannot wipe their tear because their hands was handcuffed. So they just lay to each other's shoulder and they wipe off that tear from their shoulder. I was thinking about and then a young brother said he says in that time there's no fear but only love. And the love of God was so much and it just overwhelms them. In that trunk, with their hands 
handcuffed behind their back. They're singing the song. And then when they were take off, and before they were thrown into the jail, and that brother, and then they do the last, so they taking their temperature, and that brother, all of a sudden he got a fever. And they couldn't throw them into jail. And the police would try to send them to jail four times. Every time when they go to the jail. Just as the last stage to take the temperature. Every time he got a high temperature. And every time when he come back, he's fine. Why? The word of God has to be fulfilled. You will go out. And then he said that the last time when he was uh, taking to there. And he and brother Caleb, but before they separate each other. And he said to the brother Caleb, he said, uh, he said, I just feel, said to them, I love you, brother Caleb. And brother Caleb turned back and looked at him and said, I love you too. That's the last sight they see each other. We don't know what's happened. But I don't want you to be just be emotional in this. I want you to say one thing. A person can live a life so close to God. Maybe himself thinking, I made so many mistakes. I've done so many things wrong. But they can lay down their life for the gospel. And they can give their whole desire for the word of God in this hour. I made a mistake. You made a mistake. Maybe our, I'll say, every one of us, we might make mistakes. We've done things that are wrong. But what is your position? What is your condition of your heart? A person can be so burdened for the word of God. A person can so give himself for the word of God. Do what he always do. Love the word. Reading the word. Believing the word. Give himself to the word. When time of a trouble come, God always come on the scene. He might become on the scene different than what we're thinking to come. But you can be sure that God will come on a rescue for you. And a person can live a such a life that even God said, why you persecute me? We know the scripture. Book of Acts, chapter 9 and verse 4. When Saul was on the road of Damascus and the light struck him, and Saul has witnessed witness the stoning of Stephen. And Saul was uh, persecuting all the saints. And then uh, when they are on the road of uh, Damascus, on the road to Damascus, and the Lord Jesus showed to him and said to Saul, said, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? You know, I was thinking deeply in the last little while. Not just in my mind, but I want to dedicate in my life. That ever, in time like this, a person can live a life so much that when a persecution come, that person might not realize that. But Christ said to Paul, said to Saul, why are you persecuting me? It means that that veil has become a so sin. That flesh that in that a person, in the believer, has become a so sin. That the life of a Christ 
and so live in that person. When a punch come, it's not that person said, why are you persecuting me? But Jesus in that person's life, feel the punch, feel the pressure, feel the persecution. Then it's a Christ speaking out said, why are you persecuting me? A person can live a life so unselfish. A person can live a life so close to Christ. A person can so dedicate himself to the life of Jesus Christ. When he living, is not his living anymore, but it's the Christ living in him. And literally, Christ is responding to the harsh, hardship, to the trials, to the persecution. Then Christ said to them, why are you persecuting me? And in the book of Psalm, chapter 105, and in verse 12, the Bible said that when they were but a few men in number, yea, very few, and the strangers in it, when they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings of their sakes. Saying, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. He said, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. Why? That prophet can live a life that was so anointed by God. And the people literally cannot even discern, is this the man or is this the God? And he can live a, such a life. And while he was speaking, they were thinking, is this a man speaking or this is God speaking? And that a person can yield himself as a prophet, as an office, yield himself so much to the Lord. And that the people on the outside, if they are true, if they are a true believer, if they are true people of a God, know the truth, has been predestinated by God, they can even they cannot even discern if this is man or if this is God. They actually literally taking that this is God Himself speaking. And that prophet himself under an anointing can say certain things and say, This is thus saith the Lord. And then the prophet can in the pearl line and said, What he said that whatever he said that is the truth. Did what what does he said? He doesn't even know. He can be yield himself so much and to such a level that he doesn't even discern, am I in the body or am I outside the body? And then when God saw him that, he said, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. You have to live a life worthy for the gospel. Then God can say, touch not my anointing. You have to live a life that's so close to God. I'm not talking about a super spiritual. I'm not talking about you have to shout. I'm not talking about you have to say amen. You can live in your private life and totally dedicate yourself to the Lord. You might be as weak as you think you are. You might be as normal as you are. You might be thinking you're just a small person as you are. Just to live a normal life. But in the heart of a heart, you are so desiring for the Lord. In the heart of a heart, you are so want to lay down your life for the Lord. 
You so give yourself to the Lord. You so dedicate yourself to the Lord. And to a level that when those things come, when Satan tried to attack you, when the trials started rising up, when the difficulties started rising up, then the Lord pushed them aside and said, Why you persecuting me? Then he said, Don't you touch my anointing. It's not me trying to say, don't you touch my anointing. You just live a life so close to God, so reflected to God, He will come on the same. Or brush off all the rest. When an angel tried to come down to help, Gabriel, that he tried to come down to the help. Elder Wormwood tried to come down to the help. The Lord said, no. It's my child standing for me. He said, nobody going down there. He said, I'm going down there. Those three Hebrew children, they've been standing firm for me. You think about all the thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people on that great square, on that great ground, on the plain, while the golden statue was to rise up. And when the trumpets are blow, if we can call the castes down, when the pressure starts to come, with the king sitting on the throne, one after another, after another, they start to bow down. They start to kneel. Maybe some still standing, but when the king's eyes are looking at them, king of this world, when the trumpet blow it again, those people who with their own mind, with their own will, and try to stand in. And they start to bow. Maybe when they're bow, their tear coming down. They probably think he's saying in their heart, Lord, I still love you. Uh-uh. No. If there's no three Hebrew children there, their excuse can be an excuse. But when everybody starts to bow down, start to kneel down, that three person still standing there. When all the rest started falling through the crack, when people started going left and right, they started going this way and that way, started compromising, started finding themselves excuse. But there was a three Hebrew children standing there. I was just thinking, what a sight that is. With everybody bowed down, lay on the floor, that three Hebrew children Still standing there. And the Lord had never quenched the fire. And the Lord had never stopped them to throw this three Hebrew children into the furnace. They turned on the heat. And one of the three Hebrew children went into the furnace. But that's the time then the Lord, the fourth man that in the fire. Why? Because they always do what they always do. And when time of a trouble come, and when there this trials, the heat was turned up, that three Hebrew children throw into the fire. But then the Lord coming down. He said, Wormwood, I don't need you to come down. Gabriel, I don't need you to come down. This is me. Why you persecuted me? This is not that the angel come down to strengthen them. This is not that the angel come down, try to quench the fire. It's the God said, Why? You persecuted me. 
Because there's a life that in that three Hebrew children. If we live a life, do what we always do. Pray as we always pray. Read as we always read. Lay down our life as we always laying there. God said it's not an angel's business to do this. Those people that, are, that persecuted me, I will come down for their rescue. They can live so close to that realm. A person can live so close to the heavenly place that it can make their human veil become so thin, so stretched out. You literally cannot see the veil anymore, but you saw God the living in that person. And then, when anything that's uh, tried to persecute that person is not a persecuted person anymore, but it's a persecuted God. Then Christ said, why persecuted thou me? You see, one Peter and them during the Pentecost, and he had a, he got the key to heaven. And when Peter was after the speaking, and uh, you know, there's a miracle happens, uh, the limp uh, starts to walking. And so there's a signs and the wonders and happen. What devil do? The devils only warn them. And the devil just uh, takes them to the, I think the synagogue or, or Sanhedrin. And the devil just warn them and beat them and then let them go. But when Stephen gave up his life, when he became a martyr, when he laid down his life, that's where, that's when the persecution comes. That really makes Satan become nervous. It's not that a miracle. It's not a sign. It's not an emotion. It's not all. All of those are great. All of those are follows. But it's the one that person lay down his life. That caused the whole hell turn loose. And then the Bible said after that, the great persecution start to come. If a person can really lay down his life, if a person can give him the whole self to the Lord, what caused the devil nervous, that will cause the devil nervous. But you see, when the hell is turned loose, God also turned loose. When the whole hell is turned loose, when they are, when the Stephen lay down his life, becoming the first martyr, when the stone started flying, when they tried to kill him, but that's at the time Stephen, his eyes single. His eyes focus. When during those times, Stephen is a man of God. He has been doing all that he was doing. It's because of what he always do brought him up to the Sanhedrin. They want to ask him. They want to investigate him. And they want to kill him. And they finally they did it. But as he goes through this time with a stoning of him, Stephen keep his eye to heaven. He focused his eye into his heaven. Look, the Bible said in the book of Acts, chapter 7, 55. But he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, looking up steadfastly into heaven. His eyes is singled. And during those harsh times, you do, you have done what you always do. You have a stand for the gospel. Then after that, you keep standing. 
But it's not only just keep standing. You look up steadfastly into heaven. And that's when your eye is singled. There's so many distractions. This person said that. That person said that. This stone coming from this way. That stone coming from that way. You don't have to look at all of that. During those times, all you need to do, let your eye be singled. Because when your eye be singled, your whole body is full of light. When your eye be singled, Brother Bram said that when Stephen looked up to the heaven, he said that Stephen, he was looking like an angel. His face was shining like an angel. It's not just that uh, he was, uh, you know, that he was uh, just shining or, or, or things like that. But the president said that because he know what he's talking about. If we look heaven, if we do what we always do and keep our eyes single and look steadfast into heaven, we will be shy. Our body will be full of light. Why? Because your eyes is single. When your eyes is single, you will be looking like an angel. Not maybe with the light on your face, but you know what you're talking about. And it's in time like that, then heaven is open. Then Jesus stand up. But Abraham said, welcome the first martyr to come home. It's in those times that the people... Need to have their eye singled. No matter you're in your sickness, or no matter you lose your job, or no matter you're in a depression, or whatever, whatever Satan try to throw that in front of you, all you need to do keep your eye single. You don't need to fight back. You don't need to try to. I must do this. I must do that. All you need to do let your eye be singled. Then your body is full. Of light. Stephen can lay down his life. For the gospel. Why those people so hate him? Stephen has the spirit of a God in there. He lived a life in such a way. That life has become a witness to Saul. Even when Saul. After he was converted, he became a Paul. He will never forget that moment. Something speak deeply that in his heart. Though he tried to drown himself, though he tried to use the persecution to try to drown that his conscience, try to uh, you know put those things aside, but he will never forget that. And then Jesus met himself, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? A person can live a such a life. And it so reflected the spirit of God. But those people that hate him, hate him so much because they have a different spirit. They have the spirit of Satan living in them. And that spirit, it was so hate Stephen. The reason is because he is so much like Jesus Christ. When a person can live a life so much like Jesus Christ, you will be expecting there's another spirit that in this world will hate you so much they will do anything to kill you. But isn't that just proof, the vindicate that a God is here? 
as I quoted to you that the prophet has said. It's also persecution to prove that God is here. Where is He? He's living in you. He's living in me. That's what is the message comes supposed to do. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then when those spirit in such a hatred, it's not those people, it's not those men try to stone him. It's the Satan that's in those men. That spirit just hated it so much. He hated Peter. He hated Peter doing the signs and miracles, but he can still tolerate that. When the signs and miracles come, he can still tolerate that. When the limbs start walking, he can still tolerate that. When all those things that happen, he can still tolerate that. He just warned them a bluff and tried to threaten on them. But when a person lay down his life, he cannot tolerate it. He must silence that voice. He must kill him. The reason is because of the life is so much like Jesus Christ. Actually, that's the literal life of Jesus Christ living in that person. That life cannot be impersonated. Signs and wonders that Satan can do. All the things that Satan can do. But that life, he cannot impersonate it. That life will live so much closer. Literally, the Christ Jesus life will live in that person. He cannot believe the word. But if a person believes the word, they will lay down their whole life for that word. They will give them a whole self for that word. Their heart reflects it. Their mind reflects it. Their whole being reflects it. Their behavior reflects it. Why? Because the Christ is living in that person. When Christ is living in that person, that caused all the persecution start to come. That caused all the hatred of Satan become very much intensified. Because of that really make him angry. That's why he want to kill people. That's why in a martyr's time, he want to hang them on a cross. That's why in a martyr's time, he saw Solomon open. That's why he's burned them on the stake. Why? Because of those people. Not because they do miracles. Not because they do signs. Not because they have a healing. They have that. Sure, for sure. But they live a life so close to Christ. It's literally becoming the literal life of Jesus Christ living in them. They believe the word so much. They act upon the word. They give their life to it. He said, I'm not able to do that. If he put you in those times, you will do the exactly same thing as those martyrs do. Because it's the same spirit of living in them. Now it's the same spirit living in you and living in me. No devil change a mask, but it's a hatred that in his heart never change. But he just used a more subtle way to do it. He used the soft living to do it. He used the pressure to persecute you. He used the people's jeering and mocking and to try to persecute you. He used all kinds of things that in this world it seems like there's no teeth, no cloud, but there's the same hatred spirit of Satan is trying to kill the believer. But Stephen, he keep his eye single. And that spirit, it was hatred, was so much that Satan hided his hatred. In those days, he doesn't hide. But in this day, he hided his hatred. But by the word, you can expose him. He hided his hatred in the lawmaking. He hided his intensified hatred. And he tried to change the rule here. And tried to change the law there. 
and try to change the authority of this and try to change the value here. That's exactly the same hatred of Satan's spirit, but just hide it in a different way. He hides the hatred spirit in the education. He hides the hatred spirit in the school. With more cultured, with more polished, and they try to take God out of it. He hides his hatred spirit in all of those things. But thank God, the message of this hour has exposed it in him. Why the prophet is so against that? Is that because we don't have to wear clothes? We don't have to, we have to be like the wild man, the cave man. We don't have to, we don't, it's not that we have to be the ignorant man, but the spirit of a God exposed the hatred spirit that in this age has been disguised in himself in many culture and polished away. But if you have the eye singled on God, you will discern that. You know where the puncture is at. You don't let that become your slave master. It's exactly the same hatred spirit of Satan. And the spirit of Satan even hiding himself, his hatred that in the religion used to be, if you are religious, you got killed. But now the spiritual death, instead of let you lay down your life, the spiritual, the Satan, the hatred, he disguised with the religion. Just go to church. Just put on the, put on the face. Just go there to listen to a few, listen to a few tables, listen to a few messages, filled with your mind, with the, with the intelligence, filled your mind, just with the mind, mind, mind the knowledge. He said, you're enough. That's the same hatred spirit of Satan. Try to take the life out of a spiritual person. There's no compromise on the word of God. You have to think about this. Young people, older people are like. If there's a man of God, go to the rapture, dedicate their life, give him their life, put their whole life, their whole being to this gospel. How God can let you go to the rapture if you have anything lack, lacking, lesser than that? How can God let you just go to church? Just to listen, listen to a few tapes. Maybe online, turn on our monitor just to listen to a few service. And then you go back to where you always do. Not the right thing, but the wrong thing. How can God take you to the rapture when there's a man of God dedicated to life, sacrificing alive, almost sacrificing everything, and then God take them to the rapture? God will be unjust. How can... You go to the rapture. When there's the brothers. For the gospel. Dedicated to life. The handcuffed on the back. Have to wipe their tear. From each other's shoulder. They sacrifice their whole life. For this word. They give their whole being. For the word. They single their eye. Right into heaven. How God will let you go. When you go to heaven, when you look at those brothers' eye, if anything less than that, how God can be a just God. If anything less than that, let me put it in this way. Why dedicate our life? Why sacrifice our life? If everybody go to heaven, 
If anybody can go to heaven just eventually, no matter what you do on this earth, no matter what you always do on this earth, everybody go to heaven. Every people go to this church go to heaven. How God can be a just to God. Then I'll tell you why we need to sacrifice. Why we need to dedicate our life. Why we need to lay before the Lord. Do everything we can. Try to push this gospel forward. Why? There's no use. I go to heaven eventually anyway. No. Something living in the believer's life. In their heart. Something just pushing. I must do something for the Lord. I must have dedicated my life to the Lord. He's been so good to me. He's been loving me. He's taken me out of this darkness. He's taken me out of this marred clay. He's taken me out of this world. He gave me the sanity that in my mind. He gave me a family. He gave me everything that I do. It's not something I obligated to do, but it's something that's driven in me that I want to dedicate in my life, lay down my life for the gospel's sake. Can you live a life like that? Of course. That's what this message comes to produce. Is this message comes to produce this type of a person. All this spirit of hatred has been hiding. But I'm thankful the Lord that is the message of this hour has exposed those hatred spirit of Satan. In every way, sometimes it's disguised in religion, sometimes it's disguised even as a message believer. Sometimes even disguised as, oh, I believe in the message. No, you don't believe in the message. If you believe in the message, you act upon what is the message has said. You live alive what is the message has produced. And how can I overcome? Brother Branham said, overcome means to stand the test. He defeated. He said, uh, in the face of Calvary, his own death, he defeated it by surrendering himself. Why? By the word, he said, you destroyed his temple, and I will raise it up three days. The word says so. And in the presence of a death, he defeated he overcome death in the presence of hell. He defeated hell and overcome hell. Yes, in the presence of the grave, he overcome the grave. Why? All by the word and the humility. Oh my, there is the real man. There is the one to make your example. He defeated everything and overcome it. Jesus Christ overcome all of that by giving himself. By humbled himself and gave himself to the word. And he is the word. And if he defeated it like that, we will defeat it in the same way. Brother Bramah said in Israel and the church, and you believe and accept Jesus as your Savior, then God gave you the baptism of the Holy Ghost as the confirmation of your faith. You say you believe and haven't received the Holy Spirit. something wrong with your faith. God circumcised the heart of the minute the believer really comes in full surrender. He said, how can we live the life? Come in the full 
surrender. When you lay down all your reasoning. When you lay down everything. And in the heart, you say, Lord, I surrender myself. I yield myself to you. That's how you get that type of life. And living in the person. When a believer firmly believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. God's under obligation to give him the Holy Ghost. Confirmation of his faith. Just your faith. That's all. If you surely believe. God is there to give it to you. If you desire for that type of life living in you, and that type of life is here, that God is ready for it. But it's how much you want to surrender yourself. If you surrender partially, He can only fill you partially. But if you surrender fully, then He will fill you fully. I think I better wind down here. But remember said that if God be with us, where is this miracles? He said, but time had come for action. And that's the same now. The time has come for action. The time had come when playing church had to come to a halt with God. You probably have no church to play with now. You can't come. But you know church is only a building. You are the true church. That you cannot play church anymore. You cannot just use a religion as a disguise. You cannot just use a, that I come, you know, I, I come to the Clover Bible way, I'm the believer and this and that, which is fine, which is absolutely grand, grandiose. That's great. But you need far more than that. Brother Bram said, There is no more playing church. We must get down to business. And I trust that the same God will place this upon the heart of people tonight. That is time for a halt of a playing church. Playing religious. Playing righteous. And now is time for action. He said the time has come to act upon what you know to be the truth. You cannot act with faith until first you know what you're doing. You've got to first know what you're doing before you can have faith to do it. And if we say we are of God, then let's say where God is. Let's say, that, let's, let's see the, see the signs of God. If this tabernacle stands for God, let's see God moving among us. Let's see souls being born in the kingdom. Let's see lives being straightened up. Let's see the sick and the blind, the deaf. Let's see His mighty works being performed. I think we said enough. It's not just that we know the word. It's not just that we believe the word. But it's the time to act upon what we have known. It's to act upon what we have a belief. We have a cloud of a witness that encompasses around us. We have the men that are dedicated alive. We have the men that hazard their own life for the gospel's sake. It's a behoof to us 
to lay down our life for the message that we so cherished so much. And God has approved it to us. He never called us to protect this message, but He called us to live this message. We don't have a message that we need to protect, but we have a message that protected us. May the musician come. I'll just leave this uh, to Arissa. The Bible tells us in the first Corinthians four sixteen, said, Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. For this cause have I sent unto you Timothus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord. Paul said, Be ye followers of me. Why? Not because of the Paul, he's a great man, but because he said, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. The reason being follower of the Paul, because Paul has been followed of Christ. When we're talking about the last time, the follower, that means imitator. That means that you do everything as was the one that you followed to do. And God wants us to be an imitator. Not just follow here, follow there. But he wants us to be imitate everything that he's doing. And that's what is his message has to do. You know, let me, uh, uh, if you don't mind, I'll just share a little because my daughter is not here. I just passed my 49th uh, birthday. I'm one year to, uh, oh my goodness, that's a matching number. And then my, <laughs> and my, uh, my daughter Grace, just the other day, they had a birthday party for me. And she wrote a poster. And on that poster, and she wrote, um, To the world, you are dead. You are a dead. But to our family, you are the world. When I look at that, I thought, oh my, how sweet that is. And she put it in the front of our front yard. I think she wanted everybody uh, to look at it. So I was, uh, look at that, I was, uh, well, that's very sweet that she was doing that. But you know, then yesterday when I was studying, then they'd take this back and put it on the, uh, before the furnace there. And I was a look at that, I was a look at that, you know what? That's actually the truth. You know, to the world, this is just a church. To the world, you're just a normal person, Brother Nathan. You're doing your cabinet installing. I don't know what is the uh, brother Glenn. You're a boat loader. <laughs> you know, to, uh, Tiffany, you're a nurse. You know, it was just to the world. It was just something. Uh, you're just a normal person. But you know, to the family, you are the world. Andrew, you are my world. I know this sounds funny. But it's actually the truth. To me, this is my world. This is the world I've been always living in. To me, Sister Ruth, you're my world. Brother Ed, Brother Tom, all these brothers. This is the world I'm living in. And this is the world I'm living for. 
Let us lay down our own life for the gospel. Because this gospel is my world. To the world, this is just a Bible. This is just a Bible. But to me, this is my world. To the world, this is just a quote. This is just my message. But to me, Brother Ben, this is my world. We don't have all the world to live to. This is not my world. This world has just gone crazy. This world has become more and more unfriendly. This world has become a more animosity to what I believe to be the truth. This law of the world become a more animosity to the believer who coming from another world. Yes, to the world, you're just a dad, you're just a mom, you're just a denomination, one of denomination. To the world, you're just a church. You know, that's why they can open up the liquor store, they can open up all the rest of things, but they wouldn't let you go, let you open up. Because to them is normal. You're just a normal little, uh, little place. And the people coming together. But brothers and sisters, this is our world that we haven't been living for. Let us stand. Lord, you are my world. There's no other place that we can go to, Lord. We're the refuge and the vegetables that on this world. Lord, this world has become so unfriendly, Lord. This world has become so unkind. Lord, uh, if we're in the world, we're probably thinking oppositely. But Lord, because we're coming from another world, when we drop in this world, the more we live, the more we feel this is not my world. This is, this is the world for the other people. But this is not for me. Because you are my world. Your life is my world, Lord. Your word is my world. The message of this hour, that's my world. That's the world that we're living in. That's the world that we're reading. That's the world that we're listening. And all the people that have come to this church and that have loved us so much that we give our life to each other. Lord, that they are my world. Lord, I just pray you, Lord. Protect your children from the influence of this world. Lord, don't let this lukewarm spirit start to invading into the home. Or don't let Satan's influence start to gradually taking hold of our young people and older people alike. Lord, we might not see each other. But Lord, I pray, let them do what they always do, Lord. Lord, if they haven't, some people, they might not, they haven't done, they always do, always should do. Lord, I pray that you help them, Lord. 
just turn them around. Reverse them, Lord. Turn them back, Lord. Lord, let a word have become real to them. Let a word of a God speak to their hearts, Lord. Lord, if there's any misunderstanding, Lord, I pray you, Lord, forgive us, Lord. If there's anything that we've done wrong, Lord, we want to check ourselves and we'll lay everything aside. We'll lay every burden down. We'll lay our whole life down. Lord, everything that we have been holding for dear, but if not according to your will, Lord, may our hand be loosened so that we can drop them. Because, Lord, as the pastor has quoted a time ago, we cannot at this time let our line be entangled. Lord, this is the time to keep our line straight, Lord. Lord, keep our eyes singled on you. Let our so that our whole body will be full of light. Because, Lord, you are light. Lord, if we keep looking at the light, Lord, that light will reflect it from our own life. We give you all the thanks and glory. Help your children, Lord, as we're going to dismiss our little, little group over here. Lord, and also it will be dismissing our brothers and sisters at home. Lord, each one of them, Lord, I don't want to call their name because if I call, um, I, I, I'm for sure I'm going to miss a lot of names. But Lord, I put every their name that on your phone list, Lord. Lord, that the, the name that you have uh, been putting out, you have been remembered. You have had their name that in your mind. You have there the whole being. They are the apple of your eye. Anybody who persecuted them, how can they not be persecuting you? Because your life is in them. So, Lord, may we all live a life. May we all yield ourselves to our dear Jesus. So that when the people, when the persecution started to come, when the devil started to turn on the heat, Lord, you will say the same word. Say to Satan, why did you persecute me? Lord, that our life will be so lived, that close, so reflect Jesus Christ, that when the persecution comes, when it against to come, Lord, they are not against your bride, but they are against you. And that you are standing up, and like you standing for Stephen, that you will step forward, that is stepping down, like you stepping down for the three Hebrew children. You will be coming into the lion's den, like you did to the to the prophet Daniel. Oh God, you can do all of that because of this are your children. Father, we give you all the glory. We give you all the thanks. Lord, I trust that you have let the people fill the hearts because this is not a heart of myself. I believe this is a heart of a God. I try to bring this to the people so that we can, it's not try to condemn them. It's not try to make them feel that we're, I'm so little, but this is all to encourage them. Lord, we can live a life supplying, Lord. Lord, we just uh, want to yield ourselves to you as we always do. Lord, when the time of trouble come, Lord, you will come on the scene. We give you thanks and glory and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shall we uh, sing, uh, uh, Jesus, you are all the world to me. Brent Mason, if you can, just help me.
don't think I'm try to you know taking a myself or whoever or lift them up I said you are the bride of Jesus Christ that's why I preach to you like this you are you possess the life of Jesus Christ that's why I preach it like this to you but I just feel the Lord want us to understand if you are the life of Jesus Christ if you possess the life of Jesus Christ it's the time that we need to yield us more to him it's a time when we need to surrender ourselves more to Him. As I said, He doesn't need to fortify it. It's His own word. His word is already the truth. His word is already there. His word is already preached. The life is in you. The life of God is living in you. But in order for the life to living forth, it has to take a greater surrender, a greater yield yourself to Him. Let's sing out to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, honored by love. make the people on the internet a little bit of jealous I pray the Lord will bless you here especially <laughs> oh I love to be in the in the house of God to come to here to worship the Lord and to see a few face and I'm longing to see I just feel so what is the word of brother Brandon said a scours scoured. I just feel so scoured like that. Oh, I just love that. May the Lord bless every one of you. You know, Brother Brandon was talking a story. He said, uh, you know, in a certain town. And in that town, it was an evil town. In that town, there had uh, people, the gamblers, the drinkers, they do all kinds of evil things. And there was a judge in there. And uh, one day, and he uh, arrested those uh, 
bat people and put them in jail. And then uh, uh, those are city and the people, they're a roar, they're a riot. And they said, why do you do that? You know, we don't like you. We don't like you at all. You're, you should have released them and doing things. And the judge said, you know, I've done exactly what was my duty. I feel that's what we need to do. We do exactly what our duty is. We preach the word without a compromise. We believe the word without a compromise. Whatever the word God said do, we do. Whatever the word God said say, so to say, we say. And then he said the man was a guilty. Guilty. No matter who he was. And I had to sentence him according to the law that I swore I'm upholding. We swear to our law in heaven, we will follow every word of God to be the truth. Whatever the law of heaven had to tell us to do, we will do it accordingly. He said, you are, and then those people said, you are hated in this town. In another word, we don't like you. We want you to get out of here. We hate you. We hate you forever. But as the judge said, but I'm loved greatly at home by my people. This world might hate you. This world might be animosity and against you. But I'm so thankful. I'm greatly beloved in the family of God. You are greatly beloved by the family of God. We might think the same thing if you are part of an expression. I've stood for what I've been safe to do. Upholding this word of God. And no denomination hate me for the thing that I say. But I'm a greatly loved at his house among his people. May the Lord bless every one of you. And uh, I pray the Lord a blessing upon your family. And everyone on, our, on the internet listening to the preaching. One day we're going to meet it again. If not here, it's going to be over there. The Lord bless you. Let's sing that again before we go. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, on earth I long to be like Him all through life's before we go we just pray dear heavenly father how I love your people Lord this is all your children no matter we can see them or we can't see them but they are your children no matter what Lord you draw near to each one of us no matter in what room they're in what condition they're in you are a mighty healer if there is a physical need you are a mighty healer if they have a mental need Either you're a mighty provider if they have a financial need. Lord, I just pray you draw nigh to your children in time of trouble. As we dismiss ourselves, we're not dismissed from your presence. May your presence linger. Just let a sweet presence go to each person. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you all.